Hello, and welcome to the Honest Politics Podcast. My name's Alex Gamsik, and I'm the founder of Honest Politics, LLC. My company does political consulting, but not for politicians. My services are catered to everyday Americans, just like you and me. So let's get started. Today, I'm going to use a um, an idea that the president reportedly floated for, <laughs> no pun intended, for having a moat along the southern border, which would be filled with either alligators or snakes, to, I guess, deter migrants, and for illegal immigrants who try to cross the border, the snakes and alligators would uh, would uh, eat or bite them. So I'm going to ignore the snakes part because I believe snakes would not do a great job, and it's probably harder to take care of them than alligators. Um, snakes may or may not be venomous, and they might go on land, all that kind of stuff. Alligators are pretty stuck to the water, and I tried to decide what kind of alligator or crocodile we would use, but I stuck on the American alligator, one, because they're native to um, to America, and they're pretty plentiful, but also with the America First strategy, of course, you're going to have the American alligator to be patrolling the southern border. So I did a ton of research on this. We're going to examine the costs if you want to skip over this whole methodology, just send a message to alex at honestpoliticsllc.com. That's my email. And I'll send you the uh, whole cost analysis um, and supporting documentation with the final result. Just a quick disclaimer. Some of the numbers that I say in here are not exact or I misspeak in some instances. I apologize for that, but the methodology is sound. Just email on... Uh, alex at honestpoliticsllc.com or go to honestpoliticsllc.com scroll to the bottom and send me a message I'll be happy to send you all the numbers and the sources and methodology so the southern border is 1,933 miles or 1,110 kilometers much of it already has natural barriers or the Rio Grande as its border, but for this exercise we're going to assume that the wall slash moat is from coast to coast, as Trump has said. American alligators naturally reside in southeastern United States, so from Texas to North Carolina. They live about 35 to 50 years, they're about 10 to 15 feet long, and can weigh up to 1,000 pounds. At one point, they were endangered due to hunting and that kind of stuff, but now there's one million of them alive, partially because of protections from the Endangered Species Act of 1973. The species itself is over 150 million years old, which is older than the dinosaur extinction that happened 65 million years ago. They are apex predators, which means that um, they have no natural predators. They um, kill and eat um, anything, basically. They mainly eat fish, turtles, snakes, and small mammals, but if they're hungry enough, they'll kill pretty much anything, including humans. They are freshwater, so they cannot survive in salt water, and they only go in the brackish water for a little bit. They have an extremely strong bite force, um, and even if the bite doesn't kill you, you can get an infection from the wound, which could be lethal. They're not as aggressive as crocodiles. Since 1948, there's been 257 documented attacks against humans, which is about five per year. 
of which only 23 have been fatal so far in that stretch of time since 1948. Some more facts about alligators, they can use their tails to launch five feet out of the water. They can move about 11 miles per hour on land for short periods of time, which is faster than the typical adult. A Olympic sprinter is about 20 miles per hour. Besides their eyes and ears, alligators are equipped with skin sensors that are incredibly sen uh, sensitive to vibration, and those sensors make it possible for an alligator to detect anything entering the water or disturbing the surface of water anywhere nearby. Their jaws can exert 2,000 pounds per square inch of force and drag underwater a uh, creature to drown it. Gators can live for two years between feedings, but in the wild, they typically eat about once per week. They eat about 50 to 60 pounds of food per year. Um, well, that's what they can survive on. Ideally, I think they'd eat more than that. So we've got some, uh, some facts about alligators. And we're going to assume that the amount of alligators you need to be in this moat would be substantive. Because you don't want someone risking a swim across because there might be an alligator. You want the... Uh, the would-be migrants to see a lot of alligators and say, oh no, I can't do this. So we're going to assume the density of alligators within the moat is the same as Gatorland, which is a theme park I've been to in Florida, which uh, basically is a zoo for alligators. They have 2,000 alligators within 110 acres. Uh, an acre is 0.1718 square miles. So if you take the square root of that, um, you get 0.4144 miles. Is like if you took an acre and made it into a lengthwise mile measurement. So let's just round it up to half a mile, which lowers the density slightly. But um, let's just say there's 2,000 alligators every half mile. And then you divide the number of miles of the southern border by the 0.5 miles, and you get 3866. That's the multiplier that you use. So 3866 times 2,000 equals 7,732,000 alligators. We need that many alligators to fill this moat. Uh, so the price of an alligator, how much does an alligator cost? Well, with these cost analyses, you have to use estimates. You have to use substitutes, basically. So, like, there is no, like... Maybe if I was a zoo, I could ask another zoo for an alligator and we could negotiate a price. But as this is a government project, we have to use something else. So if you're hunting alligators in Louisiana, the price peaked in the late 1980s at over $40 a foot, but declined to $7.5 per foot in 2009 when the recession hit. And then it settled at $29 per foot between 1813 and 2014. Given this wild variability in price, um, and in 2013-14 it was $29 per foot, but we're going to say $10 per foot because they are in bulk. There can be breeding programs where we breed our own alligators, um, and let's assume they're 8 footers. Females can get up to 9 feet, males can get up to 15 feet, so, you know, as an adult. So let's assume they're like medium to smaller sized alligators. That's about $80 per alligator. 
So if you take the 7,732,000 alligators times $80, you get $618,560,000 just to, quote, buy slash raise the alligators. Six million of those do not exist yet. So because there's like a million alligators in the United States, you'd have to breed or somehow acquire six million extra. And you can't just get the alligators. They have to keep living, right? You have to feed them. You have to um, kind of clean up the enclosure slash moat, as it were. You have to look over them. If, they're, if there's one that's particularly aggressive, you might have to take it out. Let's just say just for feeding them. You have to feed them 95% of their normal 50 pounds per year diet. And that's on the low end. You have low end is feed them 50 pounds of food a year. Let's just say 5% of their meals come from... Uh, come from uh, people who don't heed the warning and try to swim across. So that's 0.95 times 50 pounds of food times 299. So 299, I got that price for food based on like the price of ground beef, which I've seen from like 350 to 399. But if you get it in bulk, if you don't use beef, you use a cheaper kind of meat, let's say 399 a pound. And it includes the price of upkeeping the alligators, meaning like if alligators die, you take them out of the pond, um, you have to kind of clean up after them, things like that, like general upkeep of their life. It all is $2.99 per pound for 50 pounds, and then you get $142.03 to feed, maintain one alligator one per year. Multiply that by the total number of gators and you get a feeding cost. Well, this is over 10 years. So we said alligators lived 35 to 50 years, but you can't just have the gators for one year. You need them for a long time. So, you know, like it would be pointless to set up a moat for just one year. So let's say 10 years. Multiply the feeding cost and you get $1,098,175,960 per year and then, uh, now that we know how much the alligators cost, the moat itself. I'm going to use a proxy for the moat as the Erie Canal in upstate New York. The one that was built in 1817. It stretches 363 miles from Albany to Buffalo, New York. And, and the one built in the, in the early 1800s was 40 feet wide and 4 feet deep. You can't just have a really shallow moat or it'll be easy to make a makeshift bridge across it. Even 40 feet's really not that long. And four feet deep is like what I would consider the minimum for alligators to kind of survive and thrive. Well, the canal was expanded to seven feet by 70 feet uh, in 1862. And then again in 1918, between 12 to 23 feet by 120 to 200 feet deep. But let, let's go with the 1817 version of the Erie Canal. The canal, when it was built, cost $7 million. If you use the West Egg inflation calculator to turn that into $2,018, the moat would cost $111,255.47. If you use proportions to, like, change... like So that's like a... 1817 version of the canal right now, but the canal was a lot smaller. So you have to multiply and use a proportion to get how long the southern border moat would be. That's 1933 divided by 363. 
you get 5.325. Use that as the multiplier by 111 million. Um, and that's rounding down to give Trump's team the benefit of the doubt for how cheaply they can build this. That's $591 million, which is also rounding down. So, so far we have 618 million $560,000 to build to either buy or raise the alligators. We have 1 billion and 98 million to feed or just maintain those alligators so they stay alive. And then we have 591 million dollars to build the moat, um the construction cost. Now the last major co- cost, the and honestly the biggest obstacle to this idea is getting that much fresh water into the moat and maintaining that much water in there. So fresh water is already a precious resource. Um, States regularly get into legal battles over water rights, especially when two states border the same river. I did projects for my public finance class, and uh, one of our major papers was about um, these water disputes. And I actually have an article here about Lake Mead, which feeds the Colorado River, possibly drying up by 2021. There's a 50% chance of that happening by some estimates, which is crazy. And in fact, I know for from previous research that the Colorado River, which goes through the Grand Canyon, actually dries up pretty often before it reaches the ocean, which goes to show how climate change or just human consumption or changing uh, geological patterns have made freshwater precious. Um, so how much of this do we need to house the alligators? 1,993 miles is 10,206,000 feet long. So assume the 1817 version of the canal width and height of 40 by 4. Multiply that all together and you get 1,632,960,000 cubic feet of water. That's how much water you need. And then I went through this whole thing to try to figure out a price or some kind of approximation for getting that much water into the moat. If you look at a map of the uh, border and the Rio Grande and all that stuff, you'd have to rely on the Colorado River and the Rio Grande as they're the biggest water sources, the biggest freshwater sources around. And the Rio Grande, in order for it to go on the western half of the border, it would have to flow north, which uh doesn't make any sense it would have to flow against its natural position uh you can't really use the colorado river considering how often it doesn't even reach the ocean it just kind of dries up and fizzles out so let's assume the moat was created in such a way that the rio grande could defy gravity and feed the entire moat i'm not sure how to read this outflow map so i went on the united states department of interior's like water flow website which has a ton of scientific data on water flows and measurements along each river. When we get to water flowing through the Rio Grande in New Mexico, the median is 389 cubic feet per second, which is the normal discharge rate near the Elephant Butte Dam in New Mexico. And it's kind of close to the border. It's like a third of the way upstate from the border of New Mexico and Mexico. For Texas, there weren't too many measurements on this website. Um, I don't know how to describe it, like a third of the way across the second half of Mexico. Well, so basically in the Rio Grande, 
you can have a median value of 902 or 924 cubic feet of water per second. So I'm going to assume for these calculations that's 913. It can fluctuate up to 6,000 feet per second depending how much water is in there, but oftentimes it's less than that. So 913 is the median. So for one half of the border, we have the Rio Grande um, in its natural already flow is 389 cubic feet per second. The other one is 913 cubic feet per second. And why is it so much more on the Texas side? That's because Texas has its own watersheds. There's water coming into the river from other sources within Texas that further upstream in New Mexico you don't have yet. So just from Texas's contribution to the uh, Rio Grande, uh, if you subtract the two, you get about 524 cubic feet per second of water just from Texas sources. As I used Google Maps to do a measurement of 621 miles in a straight line from the Rio Grande to the Pacific Ocean. And from Rio Grande to the Atlantic, it's about 695 miles. But when you do that, the straight line distorts it, obviously, because the border is not a straight line. And the distortion was greater, I thought, going from the Rio Grande to the Pacific Ocean. It's not as kind of even a straight line with the Texas one, whatever. So let's just say about half and half. It just makes things easier. So half of the 1,600,000,000 whatever cubic feet of water that would need to fill the moat is about 815,048,000,000 whatever cubic feet of water for the Rio Grande to fill in its current direction. So like for the Rio Grande, so halfway is that much... If you divide it by 60, which is, you know, per second, you need 13,591,333 cubic feet of water to fill the moat. And how many seconds would it take to fill the moat in that one direction? So we're getting 524 cubic feet per second of water strictly on the Texas side, um, because we're assuming the other flow going through New Mexico would be diverted to the other direction. After dividing, you get 25,937 seconds, which is 432 minutes, which is 7.2 hours to fill half of the moat using the entire flow of the Rio Grande. And if you divert the entire Rio Grande um, to the other side of the moat as well, it is... 34,939 seconds or 9.7 hours to fill the moat in that direction. So if you give Trump's team the benefit of the doubt again and say there's a lot of rainfall, it's about nine hours of diverting the entire Rio Grande into the moat to fill the whole thing. You could argue that going in the western direction is also a watershed and that would contribute to the moat, but I'm discarding that notion because it's a desert. And if you take the runoff, you take the evaporation, other factors, uh, I don't think any contributions of that desert climate to the watershed would help with building the moat. You'd have to get most or not all of it from the Rio Grande, especially because such a large body of fresh water that would create would be taken advantage of by states, municipalities, and Mexico as sources of precious fresh water they'd start diverting it into their power plants or for municipal use after filtering it. Such static water 
is probably undrinkable and uh it turns into like pretty nasty because the water's not moving and it would smell bad so you need the water to be flowing to filter out both the waste from the gators and standard pollution there may not be a strict direct financial cost to diverting all the fresh water from the Rio Grande into the moat for nine hours, but losing about half a day of the entire river's flow just to initially fill it, not counting all the flowing water through it, is a huge and unpredictable toll on the cities and towns that rely on the Rio Grande for its water and transportation. Even though there's no direct financial cost that I made from all those calculations, let's say a gallon of water is one cent per gallon which I think is completely reasonable considering how precious this water is. And if you go to the grocery store, it's certainly not a, a cent per gallon. There are 7.48 gallons in one cubic foot of water. So the cost of the water being, you know, the 1.6 approximately billion cubic feet, that turns into 12,215,389,090.91 gallons. Divide that by 100, you, uh, because, you know, it's one cent per gallon, and it's about $122 million for just the water to fill the Rio Grande. Assuming you could get it for one cent per gallon. Yeah, we'll, we'll take all of this data together. 618 million blah 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 to buy or raise the gators. Over a billion, which is rounding down, to feed or upkeep the, to upkeep the gators. 591 million to build the moat, and 122 million and change for the water. And that's basically rounding down. So add them all up, and you get 2,429,713,891 dollars, at the very least, for the alligator moat to stretch across the southern border. These are all just initial estimates, except for feeding and upkeeping the gators, which it's, it's, it would be stupid to just have a one-year upkeep for the gators estimate because you do have to keep them alive for longer than a year for them to be effective in this instance. If this were a cost-benefit analysis, and I'm going to round it up to $2.5 billion because I never took into account the cost of maintaining the moat, as in, like, from erosion or um, things like that. Like, uh, if you have a large body of water like that, it's going to naturally erode, especially at curves and turns. So you have to upkeep it. If there's a big flash flood, as is likely in the desert areas, you have to maybe fix the embankments, things like that. So that all of those costs, it's probably about $2.5 billion, especially considering I rounded down for a lot of these estimates. Then... You know, if this was a cost-benefit analysis, a CBA, you would look at the benefit side and see if it's worth it. That would mean you would be deterring illegal immigration, you'd be providing jobs to the people building the moat or, um, you know, handling the alligators, and you can see how long it took just for me to get this cost. I'm really not going to do a benefit analysis. Especially because it would involve a lot of economic factors like job creation and how much that would contribute to the economy. And it's just so difficult. So for people who think public policy is an easy field, it's really not. Considering all these calculations I just did, um, 
even researching alligators and moats, which I actually approximated as the Erie Canal in 1817. You know, and there's just so many factors that are different, like we have different technology for building a moat than they did in 1817. How much fresh water would be stolen by people because, you know, fresh water is such an important resource out of the river. How many people would just go and hunt the alligators for their, um, for their, I almost said fur, for their skin and teeth and stuff like that, um, or meat. And it's just such a, uh, interesting project to look at. You know, some people might say, you know, Trump tweeted that he never really meant this, but considering all the um, outlets that are reporting on it and are very confident in their reporting, I'm willing to bet this was an actual policy consideration. Even if it wasn't taken seriously within the White House, it was probably taken seriously by our president at one point. So I wanted to do a benefit, I mean, a cost analysis of it, kind of report to the masses, and I thought this would be fun. After diving into all these numbers and calculations, I realized it was not that fun. (laughs) But um, hopefully this contributes some to the conversation about the border and uh, how much it would cost to build a barrier there. Now, if you're looking at it also practically, $2.5 billion is not a ton of money considering the federal government's revenue of about $1.7 trillion from 2018 tax dollars. If you do the calculation for that, It's only 0.00147% of the budget, meaning 0.1, basically 0.15% of the revenue from the government is the, would be diverted to this project. That's like, oh, I never even thought about the administrative costs of this, like the managers and the, the project managers and the supervisors, boy, and the salaries are the largest part of any budget usually. You know, paying people, especially in America where people are paid a relatively good wage compared to other countries, benefits, the hiring and recruitment costs. So I wouldn't be surprised if this project cost anywhere from 3 to $5 billion. But if you're fine with your taxes going up 0.15% to fund this project, then maybe it's for you. Yeah, I'm glad you tuned in to this, uh, what I thought would be exciting episode, but it turned out to be a lot of dry numbers. Hopefully you learned something about river water flow and about alligators. I know researching the alligators is my favorite part, <laughs> my favorite part of this podcast. Anyway, um, I am working on a gun violence podcast where I kind of explore self-defense using guns. That'll come out either next week or the week after, and I'll be covering the debate with as unbiased an analysis as I can give. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Send me an email, go to honestpoliticsllc.com to explore what I'm about, and send me a message. I'll see you next time as we seek to discover more of the stories behind the statistics. (laughs) 